Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Uh, we've had uh, some incredible um, several past weeks of, of God's word in this place. Um, I've been so filled, so satisfied, and I know the people of God have uh, since uh, our pastor has um, been getting some rest and uh, time of healing. Uh, the, the pastors have, have shared incredible messages. We've heard the message of, of Pastor Jose Palma with world-changing son and how important that is to be a son. Uh, we, we, we heard Pastor Rivera talk about the celestial vision. And, and I'll tell you, um, without a vision, the people perish. We need a vision. And that was incredible. And, and Pastor Joey fighting the good fight. Um, it, this whole life is a battle. And we've got to fight. And we've got a God that's on our side. We've got an angel of armies. I always tell my children, I, I quote that song. I've got an angel of armies always standing by my side. And um, we had Pastor Jose Medieros talking about, Lord, guide us or guard us. And he shared about the lady with the alabaster box, and it was about pouring out, giving your very best to the Lord. And I know the, the women went to an incredible retreat with talking about purpose and legacy. And so um, the Lord put in my heart, the moment I heard all these messages, that it's about, now it's about storing this up and passing it on to the next generation. And, uh, and then today we're going to be talking about, we're going to continue talking about legacy because we're, we, are, we are to pass down um, the character of being a world-changing son, a, having that vision and passing it down to the next generation, fighting that good fight, pouring out your life. That's what we need to store up. That's what we need to pass on. And so today's message, it's called uh, Store It Up. And so get ready, fasten your seatbelts, because what God has for you is going to blow you away. And you need to be prepared for what God has for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness in this church, Father God. And you've been so good to us to provide. Not only have you provided us the physical, but you've provided us the spiritual substance that we need to live, that we need to serve you, Father God. And uh, we thank you, God, for this house. We thank you, Lord, for our pastors, Father. And, uh, and during this time of the year, we, we, we show them our appreciation. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Joaquin and Yvette for their lives, for pouring it out to us, Father God, and the vision that you've given them. Father, we pray that you uh, allow your people today to hear your word, and don't let it be a word that's in vain, but let it bear fruit, God. Uh, I pray, God, that you would move in them, move in each and every heart, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so store it up. Everybody say, store it up. That's right, because when you store it up, you get to pass it on to the next generation. And um, we were meeting, uh, we met uh, a few weeks back at pastor's house, and all the pastors got together. And um, one of his, when he was sharing his heart, one of, one of his, um, um, his, his word for us was that we would impact this generation. Because I've been impacted by this generation. We've all been impacted by, this, by the, the previous generation. And so Pastor Joaquin, as, as I was 17 years old, I, I walked into a youth group and he was there with his guitar praising the Lord. And let me tell you something. He sang the same five songs every week. Every week, just the same ones. But there's something called anointing that kept me going back and kept me going back. And I never stopped coming. And it changed my life to hear the word of God too. But not just the words that he would preach, but the life that he would live is what changed my life forevermore. Because now I had a life to model. Now I had a life to look up to and say, Lord, I want to be like him. And uh, I'm 17 years old. I'm a young kid. And um, to see that I can now say that for 20-some years, I know what it is to live a legacy of a father. Because it's been passed down to me. Yes. I had a good father. He always provided for me. He was always good to me. I wasn't abused. I was, I was great. 
and, he's, and he passed down good stuff to me, good qualities. Um, he gave me an education. He provided my every need. I came, to, I came to the house of the Lord, and I was missing the spiritual substance, and I was able now to have a spiritual father. And I'll tell you, the rest that I talked about, that's worthless if you don't have a spiritual substance that you pass down. And so I thank God that I had a father like Paul had, Tim, that Timothy had Paul. And so where he can tell me, can he imitate me as I imitate Christ? And he was able to do that with his life. So Judges chapter 2 verse 10. And so I, I, my heart is to pass this, what the Lord has been able to pass on to me, what, what my pastor has been able to pass on to me, that I may pass this on to the next generation, not just to my children, but to every young person in this place. To every even person that comes in for the very first time and receives Christ, that they may receive from this generation and they may take this word from generation to generation. And so it says, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them. Listen to this. Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. When you read the book of Judges, you read about a society that was in chaos because the children didn't know God. That's powerful. The children didn't know who God was because they hadn't seen the work of God. And the greatest collapse in our country today comes down to the collapse of the family. That's the greatest collapse because whoever owns the family owns the future the greatest cause of poverty the greatest cause of dropout the greatest cause of teenage pregnancies the greatest cause of instability the greatest cause of crime all comes down to the breakdown of the family all comes down to what's passed down to the generation. I don't care who you elect for president. The White House is not going to fix your house. That's your responsibility. We're living in a day when the breakdown of the family has led to the lack of transferring a blessing, storing up blessings and transferring it over to the next generation. There's a lack of that. It's a spiritual legacy, not a physical legacy. And so it's your responsibility and mine to pass this spiritual legacy for our children. You see, a legacy is what you pass on. And many people do a, what's called a will. Where in the will, and it's, and it's a responsible thing to do, where you put in there all the items, all the things that you have that you want to pass on to your, your loved ones. You've got your house, you've got your car, you've got any savings you may have. And so what you do in your physical will is what God expects you to do with your spiritual will. That what you have, you can transfer on. But the great tragedy is, is that there's many parents, many people that pass down a physical will, but they don't pass down the spiritual will. Nothing they are passing forward to the next generation that, it, that, that, that has to do with faith or principles. You see, Adam and Eve, they passed down a curse to their children. Cain killed Abel. When they rebelled against God, Cain killed Abel. We're seeing today in the craziness, we're seeing the craziness in our children and it's all a result of what's being passed on by mother and father. That's the result. The craziness you see in children today is the result of what mom and dad are passing down. And so God made a covenant with Abraham. And that was passed, on, passed down to Isaac. It was passed down to Jacob. And a covenant, listen to this, a covenant is a spiritual covering. And so when you pass down to your children the covenant of the Lord, you're passing down a covering over their lives. 
The reason you see so much chaos within children is because there isn't a covering. And many of them, the parents themselves, haven't been blessed, haven't been given that covering, that covenant. Mom and daddy are uncovered. And the truth is, you can only write, listen to this, you can only write on, on a will what you possess. You can't will somebody else's stuff. You can only will the things that you have. You can only pass down the things that you have. And the same thing comes to your faith. You can't pass down someone else's faith. You got to pass down your faith. Your legacy. To your children, to this generation that's coming. I don't want to see this generation lost. I want to see a generation that would rise up. God's heart is that there would be a generation that would rise up. And it takes the church to do that. The covenant involves a blessing. And so the blessing was the passing on of the favor of God. So that the favor of God would be with the children and the children's children, with the grandchildren. That was the blessing. That was what was passed on. And so there's no greater thing. There's absolutely nothing on this earth greater that you can pass down to this next generation, to your children, than the favor of God. There's nothing greater. That's the very best thing you could ever pass down. But you know what the problem is? We have parents, a generation of parents, like I said, that haven't been blessed. Maybe you have a story that it hasn't, you haven't been in church, that hasn't been in church. Maybe you have a story where you don't have parents that were godly and didn't pass down, down to you. I was one of those. Well, then start to make history right now. Today. This moment. Receive today. Choose today whom you're going to serve. And pass it out. Pass it down. Store it up. The young man and the young lady that would receive the blessing of God. It happened with the laying of hands to their children. In the name of Jesus, receive God's favor. Receive God's blessing over your life. Transfer, transfer the favor of God over your children. I urge you to do that. Before they go to sleep, even while they're sleeping, that you lay your hand upon them, the Lord's protection over their life, that God would always guide them, that God would always give them the wisdom to love God. You see, I can pass down my faith to my children, but that becomes their conviction. I want them to receive their faith with the Lord. It's their will. It's their decision. I don't want to fabricate a Christian in my home. That's God's job. I, all I can do is tell them and show them. That's it. And that's powerful. And that's enough. That's how you pass it down to the next generation. I don't want to curse my kids. I want to bless my kids. And when you... And when a parent lacks the blessing and doesn't transfer the blessing to the next generation, Satan gets a hold of them and curses them. I don't want to see another soul be taken down by Satan. I don't want to see another young person. The Lord's given us a heart, a passion for youth. Because I know where I came from. I know how I came to the Lord and the Lord saved me. In my generation, in my time, and I said, Lord, I'm going to do the same. It's my duty. It's my calling to pour it out to the next generation. And nobody's going to stop me. No devil's going to stop me. And so we need to store it up. We need to store up that blessing so that it can be passed down. Let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 20. 
It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You see, it was the transferring of the blessing. He blessed them. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, he blessed the sons of Joseph. He blessed his grandchildren. Man, how, what a blessing it is that not only are you able to transfer that to your children, but your children's children. That's your calling. It's to impact the generations and the generations to come. And notice for a second that it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. What do they all have in common? They're all men. Why? Because it's the man's responsibility. It's your responsibility, men, to raise your children. It's your responsibility. In, in the Bible, it was the man's responsibility. In Ephesians 6, it says, men, fathers, train your children. Raise up your children. That was the command to the man. And women say, what do I do? You help. While the man is out there hunting, you fill in the gap. But men, it's your responsibility to raise up. It's your responsibility to bless, to transfer that to the very next generation, to your children. Here's a preacher that says that it's time that there be no more cotton candy parenting. See, cotton candy, cotton candy parenting is where you keep giving sweet stuff that has absolutely no nutritional value. You give that toy. Let me take you here. Let me give you that. But there's no substance. And we, and we live a life spoiling and giving everything to our children that's caught in candy parenting. The toy's going to be broken. Eventually, the clothes is going to shrink. But a spiritual covenant, that goes on and on and on and on. The rest is worthless. That's priority. That's got to be priority. And if you're single and you're a young person, you've got a responsibility with your young nieces, your nephews, your cousins, your friends, your young friends to impact your generation. That's your responsibility. Pass on a spiritual foundation, a spiritual blessing to them. Acts 13, 36. It says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, he fell asleep. That means he died. It said, after he had served, after he had served the purposes of God. Another, another version says that. He had served the purposes of God. In his own generation, he impacted his generation by the will of God, the purposes of God. Then he died. Before you die, make sure that your name is on this verse, that you've served your own generation, that you've impacted your generation. Moses said, teach us to number our days. We hear that verse all the time, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And it doesn't mean that you have to actually start to count them. But if you did, if you actually I started counting. Last night I was, okay, the average uh, death is 79 years old. And so uh, I'm 39 years old and um, turned 40 this year. Yeah. But, I, but 39 minus, uh, minus 79 is 40. And so 40 years... When you subtract it, when you multiply it by 365 days, that means I've got 14,600 days left on this earth, according to the average, if I die at average. That's my lifespan. 
I got 14,000. I mean, we, we probably should then put, make a, one of those little paper things where you just tear a day off. I got 14,000 days, 14, days left. I've got 300 days left, 200 days left. What Moses is telling us in this verse is teach us to number our days, Lord, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, is that if you knew that your days were short, that things were going by so quick, you're going to gain a heart of wisdom. You're going to say, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need to pass this out quick to the next generation because time is going by fast. I was just up here a couple years ago telling this generation, telling little Nick and little Mel that were sitting there about we had a series called Summer Love. I don't forget. And all the kids loved it. And I had like 100 people too. All right? Because it was about summer love. Everybody was like, I want to hear about it. I had meetings in my house about this. And my house was packed. The time went like this. And now I see them teaching to my kids. That they're passing it down to the next generation. And that blows me away. Teach us to number our days, Lord. One of the things that the youth would always tell me was, man, Kenny, my, my four years of high school went like this. Just like it was in and out, done. And I wish I had been more of an impact. I wish I was less of a knucklehead. I wish I would have, I would have really impacted more of my generation. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. Then do it right now. You start right now. So go impact that college campus. And I've seen college people say, man, my, my, my four years of college was even faster than my high school years. I was like, uh, and, and I see them growing up, and I already hear that they graduated, and they're, they're already going for their master's. I was like, wait a minute. I'm losing hair too fast. <laughs> and life goes like this. Next thing you know, you're married. Next thing you know, you have kids. You're, you're waiting for them to get out of your house, 18 years old. <laughs> and, and, and no, time goes by fast. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that we may impact our generation. If somebody can go get my children, I got two of them here, but there's two more in Sunday school, Ashley and David, please. Matthew 7, verse 9. Look at this. What man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Verse 10. Or if he asks for a fish, will a man give him a serpent? What man? I mean, that, that would be the most cruelest man that when, a, when, a, when their son or daughter comes to them and says, can you give me some bread? Can you give me some food? They give him a stone. They give him a serpent. They throw snakes at him. But you know what? The truth is, there are fathers that are passing down sin. They're passing down their iniquity. They're passing down their pride, their hate, their lust, their pattern of divorce. They're passing it down to the next generation. What you're doing is you're giving them stones. You're throwing serpents, serpents at them. You give snakes to them. When you pour down and give them blessing, you're giving them the bread of life. You're giving them purpose. Let's have my kids come up, all four of you. Our lives, listen to this, can either be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. So I got to say that again. Our lives can either be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And, and we ought to be that stepping stone for them that we could store up to the next generation. And so I brought up my kids up here. I want to read Psalm 78, verse 1. And so here are my four kids. Mel says, I always have an illustration. I always use props. These are my props today. All right? I had to throw one quick. All right. These are the best ones. All right. Um, and so it says, give ear, O my people. Now, this is give ear, O my children. 
I want to make sure that I'm speaking the word of God to them. It says, incline your ear to the words of my mouth. I want them to always be attentive to what daddy has to say, to what mom has to say. They're words of wisdom. Verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. In other words, I'm, I'm going to tell them even the very secret things of God to them. The things that God has done in my life. I want them to know about it. I want to speak where God has taken me from glory to glory, from victory to victory. I want to show that to them. I want to tell them all my stories. Verse 3. Which we have heard and known. And our fathers have told us. You see, I even want to tell them the stories that my father, Pastor Joaquin, told me. I want to tell them the victories that he's taken them through. The struggles that he went through. And God was there that God never left them nor forsook him. Verse 4. We will not hide them from their children. Telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. I'm not going to hide it from them. Like Maggie was saying, a testimony when you don't give it out. I learned that at youth group. You're a thief. I don't want to be a thief to my children. I don't want to steal a blessing. I want to be a giver. I want to give the blessing to my children. I'm going to tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Everything that the Lord has done. Everything that the Lord has set me free from. They need to know about that. They need to know and they need to see God real in me. Not just to hear a God, but to see God in me. Verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. This is to be made known to your children. Verse 6. Almost done here. That the generation to come might know them. The children who would be born, who would yet to be born. That they may arise and declare them to their children. You see, this this passing on of blessing is not just for them. It's for their children. Isn't that powerful? Because our God is a generational God. It's going from generation to generation. So quick, so fast. It's been passed on from Pastor Joaquin to me. I've been able to impart it into this generation, to this generation. And it's going to be passed on. I love the fact that he was my youth pastor. And I love the fact that I was able to youth pastor his, his, all his four children. And now he's doing that to my kids. And maybe it's going to be them doing their kids. And it's just going to keep on going. Amen. Verse 7. That they may set their hope in God. You see, I want that their hope is in God, not on just daddy. No. Not my faith. No, no. Their faith in the Lord. I want to pass it down. I want to pass down the seed of faith to them. But Lord, you grow that faith in them. That they may hear your word. That they may increase faith. That they may have a hope in their God. And I see it in my children. I see it in David. When he's been at night and, and, and something's going on, he's not being able to sleep. And he goes back and, he, and, he, and in the morning he read, he's like, you know what? I just read my devotional, dad, in the morning. And, um, and the Lord says that the Lord is with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. That's God revealing it to my children. I just put a seed there. The Lord is watering it. That's my responsibility, just to put the seed there. That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works. Don't ever forget the works of God. Don't ever forget what the Lord has took me out of. And keep his commandments all the days of your life. And so you ought to bless your children. Bless them one by one. There's nothing more powerful than that. Thank you guys. Let's give them a hand. Deuteronomy 11, 18. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Verse 19. Teach them to your children. 
talking about them when you sit at home, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Wherever you are, make sure the word of God is present. Everywhere you go, when you're lying down next to them at night and you're putting them to sleep, talk to them about the word of God. Talk to them about the works of God. When you're taking a walk with them, when you're in the car driving, try to use every opportunity you have to make sure that God is present. Because the time goes by like that. And next thing you know, they'll be out of your house. Write them on the door frames of your house. You got to have scripture all over your house. So that when they walk, they just get bombarded with the word of God. They're like, that's a promise for me. That's a promise for me. Everywhere they go. You are the example. Not only by what you say with your words, but how you live with your actions. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You don't need to tell your kids that. In the Bible, and I've shared this before in, in, in marriage conferences, where it says, Azariah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord as just as his father did. The word, the key word there is did. He did right just as his father did. And Jonathan did what was right in the eyes of the Lord just as his father had done. And Zechariah, he did evil in the sight of the Lord just as his fathers had done. A good name, the Bible says, in Proverbs 21 and 22, 1, 22 verse 1, it says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And the word name here means character. A good character is to be chosen rather than great riches. Stop trying to collect all the gold you can and start trying to store up the character of God in your life and store up the character and, and lay it down for the next generation. The legacy of a father is the character that he instills in his son and daughter. Edwin Cole said that. The legacy of a father is the character that he instills in his son or daughter. Stop passing down snakes and stones. Start giving them the promises of God. Everybody say, store it up. Store it you got to store it up. You got to store up the blessings of God. You got to store up the mercies of God. Exodus 20, verse 5. It says, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. The iniquity is passed down to generations and generations. Drug addictions, alcoholism is proven statistically to be passed down from generation to generation where you see the great-great-grandfather who was a, a, a drunkard. You see the grandfather who was and the father and, the, and then the kids end up all drinking. They're generational curses, broken homes. You'll see that in generations to generations to generations. There's people that, 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 that both have come from broken homes. Pastor Joe and Zuleika, they, they've come from broken homes. But they decided to receive the blood of Jesus that will break every curse and start a new legacy, that there be no more divorce, that, that there will be no more separation, that there would be blessing from this point on, from generation to generation. You got to store it up. It can, give, it can be passed on from generation to generation. You can pass on poverty from generation to generation. You can pass down anger, drugs, alcoholism, divorce, abuse, traits. Tendencies that you have can be passed down from generation to generations. Because sin, iniquity, has the ability to store up and pass on. So I got bad news 
and good news for you. Don't you hate when somebody tells you that? You want to hear the bad news or the good news? It's like, just tell me the bad news, you know, quick, you know, just tell me first. Because when you tell somebody the bad news, the good news sounds really good, right? It does. And so um, I knew when I was going to hell and I heard that there was a savior that wanted to save me, I ran to his feet because the, the, the bad news made the good news so good. And so, so let me tell you the bad news real quick. Jeremiah 32, 18. So yeah, the Bible sometimes has some bad news, but it's for a purpose because it's all the good news for you. So Jeremiah 32, verse 18. All right? So it says, you show loving kindness to thousands and repay, the Lord repays the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God whose name is the Lord of hosts. In other words, he, the Lord is the one that will because you've repaid it He's going to repay it with iniquity. The, 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 I'm sorry, the iniquity of the fathers is going to be passed down to the children. And that's not good news. It's not good news that my children, if I live a life where I have all iniquities passed down to them. See, we want the best for our kids, no matter who you are on this, this earth. But the fact is, the way you live your life is what you're going to pass down to your children. Job 21:19, it says, God lays up one's iniquity for his children. Every deed produces a seed. Every deed that you do will produce a seed. And the seed is what gets passed down to the generation, to the next generation. 2 Corinthians 12, 14. I got to go quick. Look at the second part of that. It says, for the children ought not to lay up for their parents, but the parents for the children. It's the parent's responsibility. So that's a, so wait, I got one more. Hosea 4, verse 6. Let's, let's listen to Hosea verse, uh, 4, verse 6. So it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge because they've rejected knowledge. They've rejected the truth. It says, I will also reject you because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. Ouch. If you love your children, if you love your children, you better love his word. If you love them, if you really love them, you want the very best for them, you better love the word. That means I'm going to love what God loves. I'm going to hate what God hates because it says it here. You better love this. You better be like that person in Psalm 1-1 that he just wants to grasp and hold. He meditates in the word day and night. He's into this book. That's the blessed man so that you can pass down the blessing. If you forget my law, you forget my word, I'll forget your kids. So that's the bad news, right? All right, now ready? let's ready for the good news. All right, that the blood of Jesus will give you a new history. He says, behold, I make all things new. It's his purpose for your life. The good news, Psalm 103, verse 17. It says, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. His mercies are stored up. Everybody say stored up. That's right. You're, the Lord's mercies are stored up from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. If you fear the Lord, if you serve the Lord... You are storing up mercies for the next generation. That's what you're doing. From everlasting to everlasting. Luke 1.5. I'm sorry, Luke 1.50. And his mercy, his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, those that fear him are storing up mercies, are storing up blessings. From generation to generation, you got to store it up. You see, when, when you show up to, to Wednesday night service, when you show up to that Friday night vigil and, and you're praying, you have no idea what's happened in the celestial where you are storing up mercies for that next generation. You need to get into your prayer closet and start storing up mercies. 
You need to read the word of God to your children. You got to profess them to your life. Make sure the Lord's doing a change in your life so that you can show a changed life to your children. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. This is awesome because this is a spiritual father. Listen to this. This is the words of a spiritual father to a son. It says, when I call to remembrance, he's telling Timothy, okay, a spiritual son here. It says, when I call to remembrance the faith that's in you, when I remember the, the faith that's in you, and I see the Lord doing a work in you, he sa it says here, which, let me tell you, by the way, it dwelt first in your, gran your grandpa. It was granny. It was granny's faith. And it says, and your mother. And then I'm persuaded it's in you also. You see, it went from granny to mama to you. And when you read the scriptures, I was like, when I read this, I was like, where's his dad? And I'm searching for his dad on the Bible, and, and, and he wasn't around. So I'll tell you, mamas, that don't have your husbands around, you keep praying. You don't let no devil come and steal that. You make sure that your faith is being passed down from generation to generation, and you pray for a spiritual father like Paul to come into your Timothy's son's life so that he can have somebody to imitate like he imitates Christ. That's got to be your heart. And that is the blessing of passing down faith. I'm almost done here. 2 Chronicles 6, 42. Our God is a generational God. Amen. It says, O Lord God, this is, this is, by the way, David, David is now, he's, he's already passed away, and, and here is Solomon, and Solomon, it says, O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember, 642. It says, O Lord God, this is, so this is Solomon, this is his son, David's son, Solomon, and, and so he's, he's already passed away. Many years have passed by, and he says, do not turn your face of your anointed. Remember the mercies. Remember the mercies that David would store up. They're to be passed down to me. Please have mercy on my life, because my dad was storing up mercies for me. That's what he left me. That was my inheritance. That was my legacy that he left for me. So don't turn your face from me. Don't abandon me. Look at this, 20-something years later that David had died, Solomon had gone immoral, he, he, had, um, he, was wick, he became wicked. So watch this, 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 11. Look what happens. First Kings 11, verse 11, it says, Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, no, 1 Kings 11, 11. It says, therefore, the, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I've commanded you to do, I will surely tear down the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Because of his iniquity, because him not keeping the command of the Lord, he says, I'm going to tear away the kingdom away from you. And give it to your servant. But, verse 12, nevertheless, I'm not going to do it in your day right now for the sake of your father David. I'm going to tear it out of the hand of your son because that's what you're leaving for your generation to come. But because it was passed on to you, I'm going to have mercy on your life and I'm not going to tear it down. And God is saying, I'm going to show you mercy. Not because you deserve it, not because I should, not because you've done anything, but because you knew her daddy. I knew you, you had a daddy that knew who I was. You had a daddy that knew how to store up with his worship, with his word to me. He stored up mercies. And therefore, I'm going to cover you in the mercy that your father laid up for you. And this was, and, and so let's go to, let's go, let's keep going. Many, 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 many years after David's death, there was a king called Abijam. 
That's a cool name, Abijam. It was like one of the coolest names in the Bible, Abijam. All right? And he was David's great-grandson. Not a lot of people know him, but he had a cool name. And so this was a couple of generations after. And in, in the word, it says that he walked in all the sins of his father. And it says that nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord, his God, gave him a lamp in Jerusalem. He spared his throne. He spared the people because of David's sake. And I can take you through scripture where it'll show how it was because of David's sake. You see, the Lord keeps taking that mercy from generation to generation. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 32. It's been over 300 years that David had passed away. And so, so he had a great, 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 great grandson named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was surrounded by an enemy. Listen to this. This is real important that you hear this. Hezekiah was surrounded by an enemy. And in 2 Kings verse 19, chapter 19, verse 32... It says, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. He shall not, they, he's talking about the enemy, they will not come into the city. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking. And the word of the Lord came and says, they will not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it and with shield, nor build a, a siege mound against it. By the way they came, the way they came in is the way they're going to go out. And you know what happened? The Lord sent an angel and into the campground. And he destroyed, the angel destroyed the entire enemies. 185,000 of them. And you know what? Verse 34, it says, I will defend this city. This is the word of the Lord. To save it for my own sake. And for my servants, David's sake. Even after 300 years later, the mercy was stored up and passed down and was touching that family. This does not mean that the generations to come can just sit around and do nothing. It just means that there's mercies stored up for them. It means that the Lord will protect them. And by the Lord's protection means a lot of discipline, a lot of dealing. But they still need to have their faith that they can pass down to the next generation. But the Lord's mercy will always be there. He'll never leave them nor forsake them. He'll be there always with arms wide open. He won't neglect them. He'll never abandon them. They'll be pressed. But they won't be crushed. They'll be persecuted, but they'll never be abandoned because they have the mercies that have been stored up for them. Isaiah 55, verse 3. And this is the word for you today. It says, incline your ear and come to me. This is the Lord speaking. Hear and, you, and your soul shall live. Listen. Everybody Listen. When it says here, everybody should just like, I'm paying attention. It says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. The mercies of David that he store up, they're for you. That was the same seed from Abraham, the same lineage of Jesus. Because of Jesus Christ. And because of the sure mercies of David, he's making an everlasting covenant with you. And it's available for anyone to receive it. I want to receive the mercies of God. Because if I don't receive it, then I have nothing to give. I can't give what I have not received. If you don't have, like I said, any history... Today, start one. Tell the devil to get out. And say, let the blessings flow. 
Let's all stand. We're going to close in prayer. You need to decide that I'm going to start it here, that I'm going to start it now. If you haven't been doing it and you declare as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's time to pass it on. It's time to store it up. You got to say, my children will be blessed. And my children's children will be blessed. Yes. They weren't created to be drug addicts. They weren't created to, to be dropouts. They were created to bring glory to God. Amen. You're created with a purpose. You're created for the will of God. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the sure mercies that David stored up. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the blood that he shed on that cross and that mercy that he had over your life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive that. Can we close our eyes and say that, Lord? I receive the sure mercies. I pray, God, that I may store it up. I pray that I may store up the mercies of God. I pray that I may not act like a Christian, but live like a Christian. I pray that I may not be concerned of our kids becoming doctors, lawyers, a principal, going up the corporate ladder. That's great, Lord. But that's worthless if we're not giving them a spiritual substance, Lord, to our children, to the very next generation. And so I pray, God, that you would give me Give each and every one here the blessing, Lord. Father, I pray for those that don't have that spiritual father. I pray that they may look at this house where there's so many spiritual fathers, so many spiritual moms that are ready to impart their faith, their mercy, their love to their life so that we have something, Lord, that we can hold on to something that we could store up and pass it on to the next generation. I pray that our church may rise up, Lord, and be the light to this world, that we would keep storing up the message of what is a man, that we would show men how to take responsibility, Lord, so that there wouldn't be collapse in the family, so that our, our families get in order, for that our churches get in order, so that our workplaces get in order. We want to pass this, Lord, to this generation and the generations and the generations to come even 300 years later that we would hear the stories of their fathers. Thank you, God, for this day, God. Thank you for your word. But thank you, Lord, most of all for the mercies and what you've stored up for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.